Okay, we're learning Daf Chaf Aleph, and today is going to be all about the certain arayas which were added with Rabbanon onto the arayas of the Torah. We started mentioning that yesterday, the Isra Mitzvah, that the Rabbanon type of arayas, and we're going to learn all about what's the arayas and what's the Rabbanon. So the basic introduction, obviously, just really comes from the Pesukim. It's nothing that's in the Gemara itself. We'll see elaboration on it, but it's really just the Pesukim and Achrim and Kedoshim that talk about the arayas that are in the arayas. So for example, a person can't marry your daughter, their granddaughter, wife's daughter, wife's granddaughter, wife's sister, uh, father's wife, a brother's wife, whether it's a paternal brother or a maternal brother, a father's brother's wife, but that's only if it's a father's brother from, the, from, the, from, the, from his father's side. Um, a person can't marry their daughter-in-law, so on and so forth. These are pretty much the arise that are from the Torah, and we'll see the Gemara explain them today and tell us which ones the Rabbanan added. So we're starting from Amar Rava. Uh, ten lines down, eight lines down, Where's the remez? Where can you see a hint to the din of the Arias and the Torah? So it's an interesting question. You know, it's like, why, why don't we just say the rabbis added them, right? But the Gemara wants more than that. The Gemara wants to see an allusion to that idea that the Rabbanon have that imperative to, to, to go add more Arias. And it seems like it's a little bit different than just another random din the Rabbanon. The Gemara wants to see that the parsha of Arias itself alludes to the fact that the rabbi should add more. Shinemar says in the apostle, because the people of the land have done all of these abominations, the toevos. So the pasuk here is at the end of that riot, and it's saying you shouldn't sin, you shouldn't do that riot, and it's saying the people of the land, people of Canaan who are there now, they have done all of these things. So the word ha'el, ha'el kashos, that use is a, uh, uh, is, is, is kasha. Kasha, the word... Uh, L implies something very severe. So what is the point of that? Um, we say, There's an implication that there are riots which are, which are not so bad. They're softer. In other words, Ha'el, these ones, like the hard ones, they have done. So the implication is that besides for these riots that are mentioned in the Torah, there's also softer riots. So Ma'aninu, what are these? Must be Shniyos. This is an allusion to the idea that there's going to be the Shniyos mit as well. Says Where do we ever see in the usage of a pasuk that ha'el means something severe? So the Gemara says this is and how we uh, exile the people. So it says the el, the strong people of the land, he took away, he exiled. So you see that ha'el means something sharp, harsh, something severe. All right. So now that we said ha'el means something severe. So now the Gemara says, Let's say that Rava argues in Rabbi Levi, says that the punishment for somebody using the wrong midos. Midos are, you have measures, right? You have a store, and you balance things out when you're selling things to customers. And the Torah and Parshas Kisese warns that you have to have balance scales that, are, that aren't, aren't broken. In other words, if you have something which is not just, and you're balancing, weighing things out for your customers, it's not fair that you're doing something wrong. That's the law of the Torah and Parshas Kisete, not to even own, Torah says, to even own the um, balance and scales and measures that aren't, that aren't correct. But the punishment, Rebbe Levi says, is worse than the punishment for our eyes. Meaning someone who does that and cheats in the business with, you know, not having the right measurement, is he gets punished worse than somebody who sins with our eyes. Where is there such as an idea for that? By our eyes, it says, the Lashon of El, we just saw, is called Atuevos El. But here it says So here we says if you look at the pasuk it says So here it's got the extra, you got the elab as opposed to just l. 
So it's, the connotation is that there's something more severe about the Eila than the El. So the, the Toevos Ha'Eila, which is used by the false measures, are more severe Toevos Ha'El, which are used by Arias. So what do I see? I see from Ablevi's statement that El is not as bad, right? El is not a, a, a Lushan which is so bad. We're saying Arias isn't so bad. It's not as bad as relative-wise. It's not as bad to false measures. So here we're saying that El is mashma that there are drop buttons which are supposed to be added. There we see that El is actually mashma. It's not as bad. Ela is more severe. So the Gemara responds, both are true. Ela, El kasher. Really, the word El is something severe. That was our understanding that there's something lighter that the rabbis added. But Ela kasher may El. But Ela is even more. So you know, everything in life is relative, right? So El is a lush enough severity. But Ela is even more severe. So it's measures is more severe than abominations. Rabbi Levi's statement is true. But Rava's, Rava's point is also true, that El is a, is a Lushan, which is harsh, and therefore the implication is that there are softer Arayas, which is the ones that the rabbis added later. Says the Gemara, Gabi Arayas, Nami of Eilat. The Gemara just now is asking a question from Rabbi's whole statement. It says Eilat in regard to Arayas as well. There's another passage, it says, Kol Kolash, Yasmi Mikol to Eilat, Eilat V'Nechrasu. So he uses Elu as well. So if he uses Elu as well, so it should be just as severe as the punishment for false measures. Reb Levi was saying, oh, it said, only said Eila by the false measures, and say by the Arayas, Arayas were not as bad. The Gemara is saying, by, by Arayas also it says it. It says the Gemara, Hulamute midos mi kares. The word Eila there is just coming to say that only Arayas have kares, the punishment of kares if someone is with an Erba. But for the sin of false measures, there is no kares penalty. You would think, since it's called a toeva, it's an abomination, and I would say, that we see the abominations here of the Arayas or Chayv and Kares. So maybe wherever it says abominations in the Torah, there's a punishment of Kares. So the Torah says that Ha'elu only Arayas has Kares, but the false measures do not have Kares. So really what are we saying? And now we're going to see the paradox here. Really the severity of sin for the false measures is worse than the severity of sin for Arayas. And that's why the Torah said Elam by the false measures. Ah, it says Elam also by the Arayas. That's only coming to tell you that the Kares penalty does not apply to the uh, false measures. So the Gemara says, Elamai Chum Raya. So in what way are they more severe? Like, we, we can't have our cake and eat it too. We can't say that the Kharis is only for our Raya, so not for false measures, but on the other hand, false measures is worse of a sin. How do, how do we make sense of that? So the Gemara says, The Gemara explains a very simple point, that the, the, the severity of sin with the false measures is that you can't repent. Why can't I repent? Because the person has, you know, endless customers that come through their store every day, you can, it's just like this constant sin in the cheating in business that never ends. It's a cycle that never ends. It's, you can't repay every customer that walks through your door. You don't even know who they are, how much you cheated from them, so on and so forth. So it's a concept of kozel sarabim, where you're just stealing from so many people on end, which is, which is pretty much, as the Gemara says, impossible to repent. Whereas for, 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 for the sin of um, Arias, yes, it's, it's not supposed to sin, obviously. And it's very severe if you do, but there is a possibility of repentance. So we're coming out that... Uh, there is a, an implication that the rabbi should make shneels because it said in the parsha of, of Arias, it said El, El is mashman. These are the harsh Arias where the implication is that there are softer Arias that the rabbis will add. That's what we started off with. Lamai saw, we move on that Ela is even more of a harsher word and it's used by the false measures to show us how severe the punishment of false measures is. And the reason we're coming out with is because you can't repent. Misachating, we see that there's a kare specifically which is associated with Arias and not the false measures. Says the Gemara, another source. Again, another source for what? That the rabbis added a riot. It says by Shlomo HaMelech, What does it say? That, that, that what did he do? He made handles. He made handles. And he made to explain many things. What does it mean that Shlomo made handles? 
Before Shlomo Amalek made all out of the Rabbanans, the Torah was like a basket, but you couldn't hold it because it was missing handles. So it was a basket, but without a handle, it's hard to handle. Shlomo came and he made the handles. So that's the muscle for Dindar Abanan. Dindar Abanan makes it all the preventative decrees that the rabbis added, it makes it more something that you can handle on with it, together with the basket. So that's the source to make the Rabbanans. Here we give a different pasuk from Mishle. When it's talking about what the Torah says, the Torah says, like make it wider, expand it, don't be over, don't transgress. And move on from it, pass away from it. So this is a source, you know, again, like a general idea. Stay away even from what's mutter, because then you will never come to do the wrong thing. What can we compare Rav Oshia's point? It's a person who's guarding an orchard. If you guard it from the outside, in other words, you're, you don't, before you even get, you put the guard, before you even get inside the orchard, then all of it will be guarded. But if you put the guard already inside the orchard, then that only what's in front of you will be guarded, but that which is behind you will not be guarded. So the point is, you have to have a greater scope of your guarding. The smaller, the narrower the scope, then the, the less preventive it is, the, the more danger there can be. So too with the Rabbanans. The Rabbanans are like the guards. So you want to put the guards outside of the whole orchard, um, answering things which are essentially permitted in order to make sure that no danger comes. The guard actually doesn't like the muscle. It's actually a total, like, it's a joke. It's a joke, the mashal. Why? If I put the guard on the inside of the orchard, at least what's inside of the guard will be guarded. Meaning, whatever is from the guard and inside will be protected. Not for the secondary arise that the Rabbanan added, you would encounter a Daraisa woman. So meaning the point of the Gemara is, with the Rabbanans, it's not, it's not extra measure. It's that if you don't have the Rabbanan, you'll have nothing. And that, that's the key. It's not a question of the extent of the guarding. It's that the Vard of the Rabbanans are that without the Rabbanan adding more Arayas, then you would so easily just come to the Daraisa. So the Shad is you're not going to have anything without, without the Rabbanan. Says the Gemara, fourth source to add the Rabbanan Dika Arayas, Rav Kahana Amar Miyalcha, Ushmartam, this is a Pasuk here in the Torah. You should guard my guardings. So what does that mean? Guard my guardings. Also, you most will make a guarding. Uh, for, for the Arayas, which are, which are called like the Din Shmir of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's saying to add on things to prevent us from sinning. So Amalei Rabbi, the Rabbi Yosef Daraisa, that's a Daraisa. In other words, now we're getting confused because is it the Rabbanan or is it Daraisa? Like the Torah is saying that we're supposed to add. So now, why is that called the Rabbanan if the Torah gave the imperative to add? So the Gemara answers, Daraisa Pesha Rabbanan. The idea to make it is from the Torah, but the Rabbis actually interpreted it. In other words, the Rabbis are the ones who tell us what the, what the, what the what the secondary arayas actually are. So the Gemara says, well, that's the whole Torah. Call it Torah, nami, nami pirshi rabbanan. Right? Everything is explained by the rabbis. All the oral law is explanatory law. That still, it still has the weight of a biblical din because it's mentioned in the Torah. So so to hear, if the source is ushmartim es mishmarti, so the source is from the Torah, the source is biblical, so then we should end up that every rabbanan is really a biblical law. So the Gemara says, no, elo rabbanan cross ma'alma. This whole thing is just an asmata. Sometimes we have that, 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 that subtlety between something being a source and something only being an illusion from the positive. All right, so regardless, we end up with many sources, four different sources that we're supposed to, um, we're supposed to add din arayas uh, to the Torah. And now we're going to get into what arayas did the Rabbanan add. So, Tan Rabbanan. What are the secondary arayas? So, the Rabbanan added, they added, the mother of one's mother and the mother of one's father. So the Torah says you can't be with one's mother or with your father's wife, the Torah mentions. 
But what the Rabbanan did is that they added the grandmothers. They added, they added going up a generation. The Rabbanan said one's mother's mother, because if you're, not, if you're with the mother's mother, you might come to be with the mother. Or they added the father's mother to, to give you distance from the mother's mother. So it's an interesting thing, you know, it's like, usually we have the rule of ingots and xero xero, you don't make a decree for the decree. So here the whole thing is that you don't want to be with the mother. So you're with the they ask with the mother's mother, but they're also asking the father's mother, because if you're with the father's mother, you might be with the mother's mother. If you're with the mother's mother, you might be with the mother. But the idea is that it's all the same, right? Because it's grandma. So, so it's, it's like loose. The rabbis have a loose, a loose xero here because it's, it's, it's all preventing the same exact point. So that's the idea. Grandmothers are the Rabbanan. By Torah law, it's mother, the rabbis are adding the two forms of the grandmother. The Aishas Avi Aviv, the Aishas Avi Ima. So again, the wife of one's father, even if it's not one's mother, right? One's stepmother, call it that, the father's wife, is forbidden to him. That's from the Torah. But the rabbis are saying the wife of one's grandfather, either way, the wife of one's father's father or the wife of one's fa- of mother's father, either type of grandfather, that they have a wife, so essentially so that's mother, but the rabbis are, are trying to add distance from it, because it's all to prevent the father's wife. So now any type of grandfather's wife is also usher as well. That's the second form. The wife of one's father's maternal brother. So let's just clear this up here. If you have a father and they have a brother, so an uncle. So by Daraisa law, an uncle's wife is usher only if it's an, if it's an uncle who shares a common father with your father. So you would call it your father's paternal brother's wife. That's the way you would refer to it. So your uncle, but specifically an uncle that's from the father's side. That's the, that your father shares a common father with. That's the type of uncle whose wife is also midaraisa. The rabbis come and are answering the wife of a father's maternal brother as well. So that's the chiddush. Even a father's maternal brother, even though midaraisa is mutter, so, but but Lamai said it's a father's brother, so the, it might get confused with the father's paternal brother, so the rabbis answered it as well. The the wife of one's mother's paternal brother. So let's be clear here. By Darai Salah, only a father's only a father's brother's wife is also Midaraisa. A mother's brother's wife is not also Midaraisa. That form of an uncle is not also. But the rabbi said it's confusing, right? Certain types of uncles, wives, or mothers, certain types are not. So they said the wife of one's mother's paternal brother is Asr. Now the Gemara on the Amid base is obviously going to push further. It's going to want to know, what about if you have a mother's brother that only shares a common mother? So a mother's maternal brother's wife. What's the halacha? That we're going to see on the Amid base. As of right now, we're just saying the wife of one's mother's paternal brother, that's Asr. Again, what are the facts on the ground? Midaraisa, the only type of uncle that's also Midaraisa, is a father's paternal brother's wife. The rabbis here are adding two things, a father's maternal brother's wife and a mother's paternal brother's wife. That's what the, the rabbis are adding. We will see on the Ahmed Bey's what is with a mother's maternal brother's wife. The kalas benova kalas bito. Midaraisa, the only thing is a daughter-in-law, right? Your, your, your son's wife. Here the rabbis are adding a son's daughter-in-law or a daughter's daughter-in-law. These are added things that, that the rabbis will, will, will ask her. This is all presumably, and the Gemara is going to explain eventually, with the daughter's daughter-in-law, why it's also It's also because of the, um, the son's daughter-in-law. Eventually it's all going to be one big zera for that. All right, so even though the rabbis ask her these things, even with the rabbis didn't stop. They didn't oppose a father-in-law's wife. Meaning you can't be with your mother-in-law, but let's say it's your father-in-law's wife who's not your mother-in-law. Okay, so that's mutter. The rabbi did not make any such xera on that. Obviously, we're talking about that she's not currently a married woman. 
We're talking about an ex. Your father-in-law's ex-wife, you would say. Who's not your mother-in-law. That's someone who's totally mother. But Asia's cargo. The wife of his wife's son. So in other words, you, it's, it, it, it's the, you have, your wife has a son from another marriage, and, um, and, 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 and that, that, that person has a wife, you're mutter to that person. That's not something that the rabbis were goes there on at all. But also Babas Cargo, but he is also to marry the daughter of his wife's son. So the Gemara is going to try to do this. Um, this should really be also Babas Cargo, the daughter of his wife's son. That should be something that's really for the Torah. The Gemara is going to get into that um, a little, in a little bit. And if you have a wife's son right now, that wife's son, that stepson, is mutter to marry the stepfather's previous wife, right? Because again, a father-in-law's previous, there's not even a father-in-law here, it's a stepfather-in-law's wife is mutter, and his daughter from another marriage. In other words, step-siblings are not usher, even with Rabbana. There's no isr on step-siblings with Rabbana, where they don't share a common mother or common father. The Asia's cargo of Marislo, and this Asia's cargo, right? The former wife of one's wife's son can say to him, I am mutter to you. Right, the, the, the wife of the, for, of the, of the, the former wife of his stepson can say to him, I'm mutter to you. Ubiti, but my daughter, Asuralach, is usher to you. I think Mar is going to tell us the, the full depth of that statement in a second. But there's like an irony here. It's like, it's a little bit interesting, right? The, the former wife of one's wife's son, she says, hey, I'm mutter to you. But my daughter would be usher to you. So we'll see in the Gemara what that, in a second what's going on here. Because we need to answer our first question. We keep on saying that one of the one of the, the shniyos, one of the rabbanos is bas cargo, right? The daughter of one's wife's son. Right? The Gemara, that's a daraisa. Bas cargo daraisa. That shouldn't be in the list. The siv as bas menos bas When you marry a woman, you're not allowed to be with any of her children or grandchildren. So why are we listing bas cargo in the list of the rabbanos, the daughter of one's wife's son? That's something. That's daraisa. The Torah says any children or grandchildren of one's wife you can't have. So the Gemara says, you're right. Since the Tana wanted to say in the end of the Brisa, the irony, that what's the irony? The wife of one's wife's son can say to him, it's very interesting. I'm mother to you. But my daughter, my daughter will be also to the Torah. Why? Because that's one's wife's granddaughter. So that would be Asur. In my case, the rabbis weren't Gozer. It's a fascinating thing, right? It is very interesting. Your wife's son's daughter... Is, um, is totally usher to you, right? That's any form of granddaughter from your wife is usher. But the wife of your wife's son is not usher to you. The rabbis didn't impose exer on the wife of one's, of the, of, of one's wife's, if a person marries a woman and they have a son and they have an ex, that ex is not usher to you, even though their daughter would be usher to you. So introducing it, it mentioned the daughter of one's wife's son, even though the truth is that that's the daraisa. Okay, so now the Gemara says, if we want to show cases of that irony, ihachi, we should say the same thing about a father-in-law's wife. A father-in-law's wife can say to the son-in-law, right? Even though a mother-in-law is usher, but a father-in-law's ex is not usher. So she should say, I'm mother to you, even with Rabbanon. But my, my daughter is also. That's the, uh, the sister. She could be the sister of this, of Achos of, Ishto, uh, the sister of his wife. So, What's the example here, just to make this to, to make this case make sense? It could work. If, if this is the example here, where we just want to give names to this. If Reuven is marrying a, a, a girl, call her. It's just the example here that they have here. 
So Reuven is marrying Yochavet and they have a daughter. And that daughter Mary marries someone called Chaim. After Yochavet is dying, Reuven marries Sarah and they have another girl. They have a daughter called Dina. So Mary and Dina are sisters from the common father. And now Sarah, who's the wife of Chaim's father-in-law, Reuven, is going to tell Chaim, I'm mother to you, even though my... Even though my daughter Dina is someone who's also two has Achosisha. So the point is, all the point is, don't get too confused in the case. The point is, you could have a case where father-in-law's ex, she is mother, even though theoretically her daughter could be one's wife's sister who is also. So you could theoretically have a father-in-law's ex be mother, even though her daughter is your wife's sister. So the Mara says, That case before is psika. It's clear-cut. This case is not clear-cut. You know why it's not clear-cut? Because every achosisha is mother after, after death. So we never want to say a case of achosisha because it's not always clear-cut that it's always aser. All right. Here we go. We continue here. There are four types of arayas that have hefsik, meaning that they end in, in terms of how far they go. There are four cases of shneos which are not usher for all generations. So we're really giving an implication. Remember we mentioned a second ago that a grandmother is a Durabanan, right? A mother is usher, but a mother's mother is Mutumadaraisa, but also Madurabana. What about a mother's mother's mother? Like how far up does it go? Or a daughter-in-law, right? So those ain't lahafsik, those have no hafsik. They keep on going forever. It doesn't make a gen- how many generations up you go. Mother's mother's mother, 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 mother. However many generations theoretically you have, it's usher. But the next four arise that we're gonna talk about. These are only us in the, gener- in the in one generation, but they don't go up or down. So not going to rob the other class. Rav got three of the four. Aisha's Achia, Amen, Av, the wife of the wife of one's mother's paternal brother. So it's only in that generation that it's us, but not one generation, not one generation up. The Aisha's Achia, Amen, Aim, or the wife of one's father's maternal brother. Remember those that was another those two other types of uncles that we added. It's only in that generation, but not, let's say, a grandfather's bro- brother's wife from the uh, mother's side. Such a thing is not permitted, pr- pr- prohibited at all. The Kalosa, and one's daughter-in-law. So that's going to be a little bit hard to understand what this is doing here. Daughter-in-law says, all right, so it shouldn't even be mentioned here at all. We'll get to that. It was the Ibi Mosef, Ave Ishes, Ave Imo. Zira was Mosef, another Erva, one's mother's, the mother's father's wife. So that's the fourth case where it's only in that generation. So you'd be allowed to marry a mother's father's father's wife. So in other words, even though we're ossering the, the form of a mother's father's wife, but it's only there. It's not a mother's father's father's wife. Now, if you want to remember what Ziri added, if you want to remember what Ziri added, he added something above the generation of Rav, meaning Rav's all, all of his cases were at the uncle stage. Here it's at the great, the great, Stage. So Ziri went up. He's Asr because we know a mother's father's wife is Asr Midravanan, but a mother's father's father's wife is what Ziri's saying is permitted. Says the Marav, my time of the Why didn't Rav say Ziri's case? That's limited. He said, if it is Asr, because it would be confused with the case of one's, one's father's father's wife. So, in other words, if we'd be lenient with the case of a, fa- a mother's father's wife, and we'd say it's only Asr at that point, people would say the same thing about a father's father's wife, then it stops, and it doesn't stop. Why? Because since a father's wife could be a daraisa, so it extends for all generations. Basically, we're saying is that, is that whenever it could come to a daraisa easily, we should be gozer for more generations. Whenever it can't, we don't. So the question is, the mother's father's wife, is that easy for it to come to a daraisa? So the father's father's wife is easier for it to come because the father's wife is a daraisa. So father's father's wife would clearly go no matter how many generations. Father's 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 wife is also also. The question is about the mother's father's wife, whether or not we're gozer. Iziri says, we don't get confused. Iziri, the husband of Shkayaf Lazo, a person who usually goes to his father's family. You always want to hear about this. 
person usually goes to their father's family. You don't usually go to your mother's family. Interesting thing. So you're more, re- you're more aware of the relatives on your father's side than on the mother's side. So therefore, you're not going to be choshesh that the father's father's wife would become mother just because the mother's father's father's wife would be. So therefore, we weren't goes there necessarily. That's the dispute. All right, we listed daughter-in-law as one of Rod's cases. So the Gemara says, Kalos, in the case of the daughter-in-law, top of the base, Daraisa, that's Daraisa. What do we mean? It, it has a hefzik that we're talking, that shouldn't even be in the list. That's a Daraisa. It's the Kalos, Kalos, Gala. Why is it part of the, with the cases of the, of the Shinios? So the Gemara says, Ema Kalos, but no. We switch it to one son's daughter-in-law. Once a son's daughter-in-law is a secondary Arab, huh? And we're saying it has a hefzik. A son's son daughter-in-law wouldn't be Asr. Only a son's daughter-in-law is Asr one generation, not the next generation down. Says the Gemara Bakalas, is that true? That his son's daughter in law is Asr, but not, it, but not the next generation, his son's son daughter in law? Vatanya Kalaso Erva, daughter in law is an Erva. Kalas Beno Shnia, a son's daughter in law is an Erva. The Chainat Omer Bibnova and we know, so too with, her, with, with his son and son's son, that's of Kolodor, it's forever. So we see that it does go not only to his son's daughter in law, but also his son's son's daughter in law. How could Rab say otherwise? So the Gemara says, you're right. We're not, son's daughter-in-law keeps on going forever. Son's daughter-in-law, son's son, daughter-in-law, so on and so forth. But what about the daughter's daughter-in-law? A daughter's daughter-in-law is Asr, but it doesn't go down to a daughter's daughter's daughter-in-law. I heard this from a great person, I heard the great person was Rabami. Rabami said, they only Asr this daughter-in-law because of another daughter-in-law. Now, what's the meaning of that statement? We'll get to that in a second. For Amulah Kaldai, Chista said, the astrologers told me. It was interesting that the Gemara puts like, you know, weight in what the astrologers say. The astrologers told me, Malfanahavis, you're going to be a teacher. So Amina, I said, if I'm really a strong person, and I'm going to be able to be good at learning myself, then I'll figure out myself what it means that they ask for the daughter-in-law for the daughter-in-law. But if I'm just going to be a, uh, someone who teaches little kids, I'm not going to be a great Torah scholar, but I'll teach the kids. I'll ask the rabbis who come into the base Medrash, shot in the riddle of uh, what does it mean we only ask for a daughter-in-law for a daughter-in-law. So now, it turns out that he was a Tamachacham and he could explain it himself. What does it mean? The only reason that they offered a daughter's daughter-in-law is because of a son's daughter-in-law. So meaning to say, you can't marry your daughter-in-law. So the rabbis offered this to a son's daughter-in-law as well. To protect the son's daughter-in-law, they offered a daughter's daughter-in-law as well. So in other words, it's not pshat daughter's daughter, a, a daughter's daughter-in-law is offered because of daughter-in-law. It goes like in these steps. Daughter-in-law is offered, son's daughter-in-law is offered, and then to protect son's daughter-in-law, they offered daughter's daughter-in-law. So now we can understand how now we, the difference makes for the next generation. For a son's daughter-in-law, which was step one, we could ask for even next generations down, a son's son daughter-in-law. But a daughter's daughter-in-law, which is only also to begin with, outs the, daughter's, outs the son's daughter-in-law. So we don't say that the daughter's daughter's daughter-in-law is officer. Let me explain. Where do you see this in like different families? Where like, you know, you have a son's daughter-in-law and daughter's daughter-in-law in the same family. Why? You have to be careful. The daughter's-in-law in Bartzaisa's household. It seems like he had both a son's daughter-in-law and a daughter's daughter-in-law in the house. So you confuse them. So that's why they asked for the daughter's daughter-in-law. Like the daughter-in-law married by Isaac's household. Okay, so we have sometimes different cases where you can get confused with son's daughters-in-law and daughter's daughters-in-law, and therefore you want to be careful that you ask for the daughter's daughter-in-law as well. But the point that we're making is that a daughter's daughter-in-law is not directly to protect the din of daughter-in-law. So therefore we're more make-up with the daughter's daughter-in-law, and we say a daughter's daughter's daughter-in-law is okay. All right, here we go. Now we get back to Ashila. Remember, Midarai, so what's, what type of uncle is also only a father's paternal brother's wife? We saw in the Amid Aleph that the rabbis added 
two types of other arayas, a father's maternal brother's wife and a mother's paternal brother's wife. We saw that on Aleph. We also saw that the rabbis didn't go a generation up. So in other words, if it's a father's, mater, father's maternal brother's wife, that's mother. Um, it's only the same, what, that one generation that they added. So now the Gemara says, Ibailu, one more question. What about the wife of a mother's maternal brother? What's the halacha? Is that an erva or not? So a mother's paternal brother's wife, we know that the rabbis asked That's what we said. But a mother's maternal brother's wife, what's the halacha? Now the Gemara goes through it. If it's the wife of a father's maternal brother, the or the wife of a mother's paternal brother, the rabbis were all answering there in the case of wherever there's an aspect of a father. Wherever there's an aspect of a father, something that's like the Arab of the Torah, the wife of a father's paternal brother, that's why the rabbis were goes. Because that's the one case that's also in the rise, an uncle that's the, the wife of a father's paternal brother. There's no connection to a father. It's a mother's maternal brother's wife. That's all it is. So maybe the rabbis didn't make it clear you can marry that ex. Maybe there's no difference. The rabbis answered any uncle's wife. Maybe what happened is that they ended up saying a flat din that any uncle's wife is usher. Doesn't make the difference if it's a mother's maternal brother or mother's paternal brother. Maternal or paternal brother. So the Gemara answers, Amar Afsafar, he gufa xera. Remember, the whole thing is xera. Midarai said the whole thing that's usher is what? A father's paternal brother's wife. So the whole thing to answer a mother's paternal brother is only, is only draw on Not nikum and xera. If we're going to answer the wife of a mother's maternal brother, that's just to protect the first xera, that's xera xera. We don't do that. So the Gemara is trying to say it's permitted. So the Gemara attacks back. Everything we've been learning today enters into that dark category of Xer Xera. Let's give an example. Emo Erva. Midaraisa only a mother is Asr. Emo Shnia. The mother's mother is already Shnia, right? A grandmother is only a Drabana. But we saw that they Asr any type of grandmother. Even a father's mother is Asr. Why? Because once we have Asr a mother's mother, we have to protect it, right? So that's Xerah Lixerah. But I'm a Ma'ikul to be'ik ima rabasi karlik because all of them are called a grandmother. So it's confusing if you say a mother's mother is Asr and a father's mother is Mutter. So therefore we say a father's mother is also forbidden. So even though it's Xerah Lixerah, but the rabbis included it. Another example, Eishas Avivarva, the wife of one's father is a Darai Sadiq Erva. Eishas Avivashniya, the din to marry the wife of a father's father, let's say a grandfather's ex, that's only a drabanan. The rabbi said any type of that. That's um, also even a mother's father's wife is also all to protect the wife of a father's father. In the time of my, they're all called a grandfather's wife. When people get confused between a father's father's wife or a mother's father's wife, it gets confusing. So that's another example where we did that. A third example. The wife of a father's paternal brother is an erva. Father's paternal brothers in Erva. Aisha's Achia Avnaim Shnia. The wife of a father's maternal brother is a Shnia. If a father has a brother only from the mother, from the mother's side, that's only a Drabanan. Because of Aisha's Achia Imanaab, Rabbanan now went to one's mother's paternal brother. That it, that's also an additional uncle. That's also Mishu Mesh's Achia Avnaim. The reason they do that is because of the father's maternal brother. Because they're all called an uncle's wife. So what's the point of the Gemara? So once we ask her uncle's wife, now let's, let's get one more. A mother's maternal brother's wife. That's also an uncle. So that's the Gemara's point. Yeah, these are all uncle's wives. And once they did that, 
maybe it's not called Xerah Lexerah and it should be Asr. So we know the only case, again, that's Daraisa is a father's paternal brother's wife. But we know the rabbi's Asr is a father's maternal brother's wife. We know that the rabbis then went and said a mother's paternal brother's wife. So if you want to know about a mother's maternal, mother, bro, maternal brother's wife, we should say, hey, maybe it's all uncle's wife, so it should be Asr. Or maybe we don't. Maybe a mother's maternal brother's wife should be allowed. So the Mar says, my, what is the law? What's the halacha? Mother's maternal brother's wife. Tashima. Let's see a proof from the brides. He said a rule. Amir Rava, they said in Israel. If there's a female that is a degree of a relationship that would be a daraisa, then they answered the wife of a male that has the same degree of relationship. They answered the wife of that person as, an, as, as, an, as a darabanan de ka'arva. The Gemara will explain what that rule is. The rule is saying, again, Whenever, if this degree of relationship would be a girl, she'd be an erva. So if it's a boy with that degree of relationship, then his wife is a Durabana. So Amar Rava, when Rava heard this rule, he said, Uklala is it really a rule? Chamoso erva, mother-in-law is an erva, eshus chamimutaris. But a father-in-law's wife is mutter. So what do you mean? It's the same degree of relationship, right? A mother-in-law is, a, is, is an erva, but a father-in-law, if he has a wife, his ex-wife is mutter. We mentioned that in Amar Rav. Bas chamoso erva. A mother-in-law's daughter is an erva. Why? Because a mother-in-law's daughter could be, remember, as we mentioned before, a wife's sister. But a mother-in-law's son's wife is mother. The rabbi's word goes on a mother-in-law's son's wife. So again, you see that even though it's the same degree of relationship, it could be a wife's sister. But if it's a mother-in-law's son's wife, it's not us at all. A father-in-law's daughter is an erva. That's another way of having a wife's sister. So a father-in-law's daughter is an erva. Eishas ben Chabad Mutaris, his father-in-law's son's wife, is mutter. Now Rabbi Zborn goes around such a thing. A father-in-law's son's wife. Chagarta erva, a wife's daughter is an erva. Eishas Chagad Mutaris, his wife's son's wife is Mutaris. We don't say that, that, that that's forbidden. If there's an ex to your wife's son, you measure them on Aleph, that's permitted. A wife's daughter's daughter is an erva. The says when you marry a woman, even her granddaughter is Asr. But Asia's ben Chagam Mutaris, the wife of one wife's son is Mutaris. So we see all these contradictions to the rule. We don't say whenever there's a degree of relationship in a girl that's an erva, then when that degree of relationship is a boy, his wife is a Durabana. So what's going on? So what did the rule, obviously the rule is not a general rule. It must be that this rule, whenever the degree of relationship is a girl's an erva, then when it's a boy, his wife is Asr, it has to be referring to one case. So what is the case? What is it coming to include? What we're coming to say is, The wife of one's mother's maternal brother. Remember our question, what we're trying to figure out. Is that type of uncle Asr? Erva. It's coming to say whenever the female in that degree of relationship would be an erva, but Zachar God's relationship So the rabbis asserted if it was a boy, we answer his wife. Because let's back up for a second. What's the halacha about a mother's sister? Can you marry your aunt? A mother's sister is totally awesome. That's actually the Raisa erva, mother's sister, that aunt. So call anything, Koshin Makeva erva, if that degree of relationship would be a woman, it would be an erva, your mother's sister. So if it's not a girl, if it's a boy, the rabbis are goes around his wife to be an erva. So, if they, so, so, so this would explain now that we see a mother's maternal, maternal brother's wife is also Asr, or any form of uncle's Asr, including a mother's maternal brother's wife. But what's interesting is that, I don't know if we should make more of a big deal about this, but the angle on the Dravonan kind of looked like it switched, right? Initially, we were trying to say, it all started from the father's paternal brother, right? That form of uncle, which is also Midaraisa, that is his wife. Now they were goes around a father's maternal brother's wife, and now we're on to the mother. They ask her the mother's paternal brother's wife, and now maybe they even ask her the mother's maternal brother's wife as well. They're all uncles. But now we could kind of see a different angle on the Drabana. 
a wife's, a mother's sister, an aunt, is Asr Midaraisa. And maybe Kosher Mnekeva Asr, they said that if it's a Zacher in that same degree of relationship, his wife is Asr. So maybe it's more like because of an aunt. Because a mother's sister is Asr. So now a mother's, even if it's a maternal brother, but a mother's maternal brother's wife maybe is also Asr. It seems like it almost shifted in what, how the Rabbinic Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Zayr came about. Anyway, so what do we just show? The Gemara has a, a question for us. Maishnahani, Maishnahani. What's the difference between these women and these women? We're trying to say basically, what's the rule? How come sometimes we say that the, if, if it's, um, the rule is applied and we say if it would be a girl, it would be an Arva, then if it would be a boy, his wife, is, his wife is Asr, and sometimes we don't say that. How come sometimes it is, sometimes it's not? So the Gemara says, ha, in the case of a mother's brother's wife, it came about through only one act of Kedushin. A mother's brother's wife only requires one act of Kedushin, meaning you always want to know blood relatives versus relatives that come about through marriage, right? So a mother's brother's wife required one act of Kedushin. Hani, the other five women, without two acts of Kedushin, it doesn't work. Let me just give one example. You marry a woman. When you marry a woman, that's one act of Kedushin. So her daughter and her granddaughter are also. But if I want to know if you marry a woman and now she has a son and the son's ex-wife, so that's a woman that came about through two acts of Kedushin. I marry a woman. She has a son who married a woman. So that's a two-second act of Kedushin. You want to know if I'm mother to that to my stepson's ex, the answer is yes. Why? Because it only came about through, came about through two acts of Kedushin. So when it's my, my mother's, try to get this right, my mother's maternal brother's wife, the rabbi's word goes there. Why? Because it's only one act of Kedushin. So one act of Kedushin, we can hear any form of uncle's wife is Aser. Even, even though it's my mother's maternal brothers, we're coming out Lamaskana. But if I want to know about my, 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 a woman that I marry, her grand. Uh, even though I'm usher to her, to her daughter and granddaughter, but I'm not usher to her son's wife. Please, our teachers should teach us. Regard to the wife of a father's father's brother. So we're going up. A father's father's brother. Father's father's wife is usher. And we know a father's brother's wife is usher. What about a father's father's brother's wife? Or a father's father's sister. A father's sister is usher, but what about a father's father's sister? What's the halacha? Did the rabbanim make arayas? So here it's a little bit tricky because we know going straight up, these people's wives are usher, and we know going to the uncle's side, a father's sister or father's brother's wife are usher. But what about going up, up, and then to the side? Do I say melamata erev? The one below them, the generation below them, would have been erev. The malam goes with the rabbis, where goes also. Up with the mamlef also. No, it's it's separated by a generation, so it's okay. So Tashma Mayim Shniyas. We said, what are the Shniyas? And the list that we had on the Meralif, we didn't count this, right? We didn't say a father's father's brother's wife is something that is awesome. We didn't say a father's father's sister is something that is awesome. So Bar says Tan of that's not an evidence, because maybe we, it's not a conclusive list. Maybe it's just giving examples of our eyes, but really there are other ones. So as the Gemara, we don't just throw that around. My Shire, the Shire. What else did it omit? that it should make you wonder if it omitted these as well. So the Marseille Shnei Shniyas Be'Rabchiyah. Tomorrow we're going to learn about six more Arayas that Rabchiyah taught. We'll learn about them tomorrow. But we just trust the Gemara today that they're left out. So once those were left out, so we wonder maybe these were left out as well. Maybe a father's father's brother's wife or a father's father's sister is also Asr. Says the Gemara, how do we paskin? Amemer Asher Be'eshez Achi Amemer was Matir, the wife of one's father's father's brother, Uva Achos Avi Aviv, and one's father's father's sister. I once saw a list. There was a list that Mar, the son of Rabbanah, wrote 
about all the Shniyosik, even Shishay Lerisura, there were 16. So what are the 16? Malav Tamid, the eight Arayas of the Bride. So if you look at the Bride, we listen on the Amad Aleph, there were eight. How do I get 16? Eight there, Shishay and the six that are going to come from Chiyah Yeshiva, we'll learn about tomorrow. But, and then you're still missing two of Anatati, presumably these two the father's father's brother's wife and the father's father's sister. So you see that they are also. Ravashi says back, Shisra happens really only 17. There should be 17, not 16. Because remember, we were clearing for the whole Ahmed base here, a mother's maternal brother we came out, which is Asr. So it's really 17. You have you have the eight of the brides of them and Aleph, the six of Rabkhiya's wife, the two that you want to say are Asr, and you don't forget about the mother's maternal brother. So the mother's maternal brother's wife. So the Quran says, Holocaust, it's not difficult. These two women, the wife of a father's father's brother and the father's father's sister, that's like one. The aside is, it's all about a paternal father's brother, his sibling. Either way, it's a sister or a brother's wife. So that's like one. Shifts around, that's 16. So it's really 16. But the bottom line is, we saw the list as 16. So if the list was 16, obviously it's including the grand, grandfather's brother's wife or the grandfather's sister. So Amalei, he said back, Let's say the list said that they were motor. Would you rely on the list? Did he sign on it? If you just see a list of Arias, maybe he was wondering if they were motor or Asr. You don't know for sure that he came out they were Asr. He didn't sign on it. Even though it says on the list that they're Asr, he didn't sign on it. So an unsigned list, just because it's jotted down as notes, you don't know. It's not conclusive evidence. So the Gemara is coming out. Don't overturn what Ramaymar said. A father's father's brother's wife and a father's father's sister were coming out as mother. We don't necessarily know that he came out just because it was on the list that those things came out that they were awesome.